This is the eHealth Radio Network, your source for health advice on demand. And now your host, Eric Michaels. Thanks for joining us once again here on the Health Radio Network. This is your host, Eric Michaels, joining us once again on the program. We have Dr. Nikki Martinez, who has been working as an independent medical expert to assist the courts for the past decade. Martinez has also been an adjunct professor for nearly 14 years as she engages in domestic and international consulting for various individuals, groups, and organizations, as well as continues to see a small caseload of individual and couples clients through telemental health services. Her large catalog of articles for the Huffington Post and EverydayPower.com can be seen in the show notes from her work as a contributor for both publications. And today's focus and topic is learning to say no, tips for learning to be assertive. And Dr. Martinez, great to have you back on the program. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. And always our pleasure. Thanks for your time once again. So let's start off with this. Why do some people struggle seemingly saying no to everything while others have no problem saying no to almost everything, excuse me, everything from very early on with people. Let's start there today. Well, I can relate, first of all, because I have trouble saying no myself, and this is something I really had to work on. So I can tell you a lot of people, and I tied this idea of saying no with assertiveness together because they really do have to go hand in hand. Uh, If you're going to uh, learn to say no, you have to develop assertiveness skills. So part of the reason that people need to practice practice assertiveness and the people that have trouble saying no are people that it's very natural for them to feel guilty when they say no. And they have to learn to start to get over that because we all have to have those boundaries. They also feel like um, when it's new to them to say no. Um, and so getting over that initially, this newness, they also view being assertive or saying no is not being a team player or not giving or letting people down. Um, they can feel like saying no to anybody for anything is an act of being aggressive, uh, not assertive or not setting a boundary. Um, they feel like they are letting those in their life around them down. Uh, none of this is true. Um, and, and But people in their lives, no matter what the context or the parameter, whether it's work or their personal life, the people in their lives are going to make them feel like being assertive or setting a boundary is letting them down. The people in their lives are going to test those limits uh, when they start to say no, because they haven't said no before. It's sort of like if you are... A, a teacher or a coach or a supervisor at a new job. I always tell people that you can always set the hard boundary, but you can never get it back. If you start sort of loosey-goosey, then you are always not going to have those limits. You can let up gradually in time, but you can't get that uh, lack of a limit back at first. Uh, the people who you set those limits with or say no to, they want to see if this is for real or if you're going to cave. So from the moment that you start to set that line or say no, the people need to get used to it and see that you're sort of capable of that new gumption um, that you have. And so when you say say no, uh, from that point forward, um, you need to learn to do two things. You need to learn to do things such as uh, delegate out what you're saying no to if you're in that position, or you need to learn to practice the new assertiveness skills, some of which we're going to talk about today. It's certainly a good focus here today. Looking forward to hearing more. Now, you once wrote, when you decide to become assertive, you must commit to it and to change being passive or walk on. So what did you mean by that? Uh, Touch on that a little further. Yes, I had said to change being 
uh, you need to either you need to, sorry to change being passed. You need to change being passive. Or you need to walk on, and that you will change the way you go about uh, things permanently. Uh, a huge part of a huge part of this for for us is that we also it will change others as well. When they see that we mean what we say, uh, they're going to react accordingly. Being passive or walk on, um, and that is that when we decide to become assertive, we must commit to it. Uh, to change being passive, or we need to just move on. Um, that you will change the way we think, change the change a huge part of the way that we are behaving. But this is also for others as well. They're going to see that we mean what we say. They're going to respond accordingly. Um, one big part of this is that we need to learn to be an active listener, but we need to expect the same respect from others in return. We we have to not be afraid to ask people for the same courtesy that we've shown them. So if we sit and we actively listen to them, we show them that we have the same regard, we need to be assertive and ask for that same respect in return, not just the person that is, and we all have experienced them, just waiting for that opening in conversation uh, to say what what they were waiting to say. We all have plenty of points of view and that's okay. We need to be learn to be, I think especially now in this day and age, learn to be comfortable with the concept that it's okay to disagree and not be passive aggressive about it. Um, and the statement that I'm talking about shows a mutual respect for other people's time and opinions. Let the other party know that we're both agreeing to move on and move forward from something that we're not just uh, giving them, we're not just humoring them. Uh, that we're truly, um, uh, we respect their opinion, we're agreeing to disagree, but we want that same respect in return again. Um, I talk a lot with patients about uh, being solution focused instead of problem focused. Uh, by this, I mean, um, and again, we can probably all relate, uh, people that come in with a whole bucket of problems, but no solutions to things. They can tell you everything that's wrong, but nothing to solve that or nothing that's right. Uh, being solution focused and in that problem focus are people that uh, come with solutions to a problem um, and how you might go about fixing the problems that exist. This mentality tremendously changes the mood about teams in a meaningful way and gets people not just coming and complaining, but thinking about how you might move ahead. In the past, we discussed body language in other segments, so you note that it is especially important to be assertive. Could you say more about this? Uh, I'm sure that would be helpful. Yes. Uh, body language, um, which we've, we've talked about in the past, is up to 97% of communication. Uh, your body language must also be assertive and it must match your words. Um, remember, there's a fine line between uh, being assertive and being aggressive. Uh, so it's good to be aware that we're not crossing that line. People can practice with a, a good friend or a partner. Um, if they are concerned about their body language and the way that they come off, um, they can even practice in a mirror. Good eye contact is important. It's key here. Um, good body language and being assertive, this can come in really handy um, in making sure that you have this down. In job interviews, um, people really decide, and we've also touched on this before, that an interviewer actually decides, and this has been shown time and time again in empirical research, that an interviewer decides if they're not who they will, but if they will hire someone in the first 60 seconds of meeting them. And so having good eye contact, being able to be assertive and by meaning being assertive is exuding a confidence in yourself and with that interviewer that you believe in yourself, 
that you believe in what you're saying, that you are somebody who uh, is assertive and believes in that they are, uh, that they can do this job that they're meant to have, it, that they have a firm handshake, that they are capable and they are confident to be there. Um, these are all things in a job interview is just an example, but it's a good example to use because people can envision themselves being there with this individual. Once again, we're visiting with Dr. Nikki Martinez, who has been working as an independent medical expert to assist the courts for the past decade and has also been an adjunct professor for nearly 14 years. She engages in domestic and international consulting for various individuals, groups, and organizations and offers individual and couples consulting via telemental health services. And she's joined us once again here on eHealth Radio, Psychology and Relationship Channels, a part of the eHealth Radio Network. Now, continuing on, what is a good or safe seeming way for individuals to start practicing their new skills of assertiveness and setting boundaries such as saying no? Well, remember that assertiveness is not to lose our cool, it's to hold firm. So while others might lose tempers around us, we need to remember to hold steady and that the storm will pass. So is one person um, being irate, that's not going to last long. So they're quickly going to realize it's pointless. So you can practice this with someone in your life that is, I mean, I hate to say practice with someone in your life, but that it really is in the day-to-day um, how you're going to practice these skills. So you want to start with small start with small steps with a semi-safe person in your life and practicing these skills in real time is going to give you the small successes at being assertive that's going to give you the confidence um, to use these skills in a more meaningful situation. Um, So maintain a sense of personal space uh, to work with as well Um, in these situations. uh, Don't let people breach this space. Um, This is part of being assertive. Um, This is letting people know what boundaries you're comfortable with um, and that they are to respect them. Um, this is our own personal bubble. Our personal bubble is different for everyone. Um, I, what I worked with, um, for example, in my residency, when I worked with the funders, I, my personal bubble there was different than my personal bubble might be in my personal life, but I would tell people they, they needed to take a giant step back. Uh, that was different there, but people also, we have to remember that all of our histories are different. Uh, so we should not uh, just walk up to new people that we don't know and get inside their three to six foot personal space. That's pretty a pretty standard uh, social norm. Uh, we don't know people's history, uh, whether they have a history of trauma, whether they're not a, a hugger, uh, don't assume and get in people's personal space. Uh, but we need to remember also in setting our own boundary uh, that we need to maintain our personal space and have people respect that. Uh, but back to the first point I was making about uh, holding steady and, pra- and you, what you asked about practicing these skills. When people, we need to think about it sort of when people are like at a 10, uh, if we are maintaining uh, being at like a one or a two and people are thinking of, think of a toddler having a tantrum, if we are just calmly holding steady, they are going to wear themselves out in a tantrum. If we're not giving them any energy to feed that tantrum, in practicing being assertive and holding steady, they are going to wear themselves out and come down to where we are because they're not being met. Like that individual we know in our lives that is just looking for a fight and engagement and they're not getting it from us, they are going to come down. It may take a few times of going through this, but it will inevitably uh, have the outcome that we're looking for. And so we want to practice in those situations. 
Lastly, if you would explain fogging and how individuals can use it to take control back from individuals who are trying to get a reaction out of them. Yes, fogging. I, I had read about this uh, in Forbes as a concept, and I thought that it really fit in well uh, with this concept today. And it's something that as soon as people hear about what it is, they'll recognize people that do it to them in their lives. Uh, fogging is when someone pays a hostile comment to them, um, such as, did you get your haircut? I like it longer. Or you look really good in green, but that's not a good color on you. Uh, your response can be to say, you're right, they cut it a little shorter than I planned, but it'll grow. Or I agree, green is my favorite color. I tried something new, but I'm not a huge fan either. It's really, if you're not letting that person walk all over you, you are taking the power away from that, the power to insult you. And you're trying to, uh, and the person that was trying to make you feel bad, it shows the person who the adult is in the room. Um, you wanna work on, uh, finally, uh, your tone of voice and make sure that no one that speaks to you um, is able to sort of take that confidence and authority away from you. You have the confidence and authority. And this will go a long way if your body language, your good posture, and overall the way that you carry yourself says that you're to be taken seriously. These are tremendous examples on fogging and responses to, you know, it amazes me that there are people out there that I don't know if they're just ignorant or if they're just, their mission in life is just to be mean. But these comebacks, if you can learn how to come back in these ways, you'll certainly not only get the upper hand, but you are the adult and will be left being the adult within that situation. So really to appreciate the focus, really appreciate all the details as always. Dr. Martinez, uh, let us know where we can tap into your resources, services, and also get more information on yourself. Uh, they can reach me at drnikkimartinez.com. That's D-R-N-I-K-K-I-M-A-R-T-I-N-E-Z.com. They can check me out at LinkedIn at the LinkedIn website. And that's an N-I-K-K-I hyphen M-A-R-T-I-N-E-Z. Um, they can check out any of my previous work at the archive links at the bottom of the show notes. And then I also just uh, started as a contributor. Um, they can also find the information in the show notes at resilientstories.com and that's a new project I'm really excited about. And as always, listeners, you can find all these links mentioned within the show notes of this broadcast. Dr. Martinez, all the best and look forward to our next conversation right here on ELTH Radio. Thank you so much. And you're certainly more than welcome again. We've been speaking with Dr. Nikki Martinez, who has been working as an independent medical expert to assist the courts for the past decade and has also been an adjunct professor for nearly 14 years as she engages in domestic and international consulting for various individuals, groups, and organizations and offers individuals and couples consulting via telemental health services. You can get more information more insight from Dr. Martinez on our website at drnikkimartinez.com. Also tap into further resources at the bottom of the show notes of the broadcast page as well. And again, this has been your host, Eric Michaels, and we do thank you for your continued support of the eHealth Radio Network. Join us again soon for another episode that will help further expand your knowledge on those things that are important to your health and wellness. For more eHealth Radio reports, we invite you to visit our main radio channel site at eHealth Radio Network. And as always, we do thank you for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to the eHealth Radio Network. For more information or to subscribe to this podcast, visit eHealthRadioNetwork.com.